This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. First up this hour, a series of videos from the Paralympics TikTok account has attracted backlash over their portrayal of athletes with disabilities. So the Paralympics TikTok account um, essentially posts high- highlight reels of para-athletes and they have around 3, three million followers. And the videos do many different things. For instance, there are videos that explain how equipment and adaptations work for different sports. Um, but a lot of them also are intended to highlight uh, the athletes themselves. Now, where the controversy has come in is that a lot of the videos um, are clearly trying to um, up the ante. They want to go viral. And so they're set to viral social media sounds or songs. And a number of them show the para-athletes falling or crashing into each other with humorous sound effects or music set in the background. So, for example, there is a video of Australian cyclist Darren Hicks, who had his right leg amputated after a crash, um, and the video is of him winning a time trial gold medal at Tokyo 2020. And the audio um, is a popular TikTok song that's been edited so that the only word that plays over and over again is the word left, um, an allusion to the athlete's uh, left leg, right? Uh, There's also a slow motion replay of a wheelchair basketball player falling backwards onto the floor, which is accompanied by the Family Guy version of the song Walk Like an Egyptian. So all of these has sparked a fair amount of criticism from the public after several of these videos were circulated and people were slamming the Paralympics TikTok account for uh, making fun of the athletes, for mocking the athletes and for downplaying their accomplishments instead of highlighting them the way uh, the Olympics athletes usually are. And um, uh, followers of the account have described the videos as being disrespectful, as being ableist. Uh, There's been calls to fire the admin behind the account. Meanwhile, from the perspective of the uh, TikTok account, a spokesperson for the International Paralympic Committee uh, that runs both the games as well as the social media account has said that uh, the person who runs the account is in fact a Paralympian themselves who understands disability and uh, the spokesperson went on to say that the account in fact has the support of a lot of Paralympic athletes and he described the content that the account intends to circulate as being edgy and unique and that it's aimed to educate an audience who are less aware of the Paralympic sport and says that maybe not everyone will like the content. Sometimes we don't always get it right, but we always are aware of the reactions to them and we learn from the feedback. So um, this is covered in an article in the NPR uh, who spoke to uh, athletes on uh, para-athletes on either side of the divide. There are some who say, you know, they don't mind it. They can see why it would work. There are others who call the posts disrespectful. So all of which comes down to this question of advocating, platforming people with disabilities, but specifically when it comes to social media, which tends to be a medium that prioritizes 
reach. It prioritizes uniqueness, content that is going to catch the eye. And where that line is between um, wanting to be unique, wanting to create something that people will engage with, uh, perhaps find interesting enough to share, but at the same time, not undermining the, the people at the center of the cause as well. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, very shortly, we will be speaking with Aisha Roos, who is a person with disability living with spinal muscular atrophy. But in the meanwhile, uh, meantime, do send us your thoughts as well. Has social media helped you understand the issues faced by people with disabilities better? Do you have some accounts or platforms you'd like to share? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Buggy Free Minum, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And we're talking about... Um controversy that has been generated by the Paralympics TikTok account that has put out content that uh, they call edgy and unique, but many have criticized as being disrespectful of para-athletes. And we're extending that to talk about um, depictions of people with disabilities on social media and uh, where that line is between platforming them and uh, disrespect. And so we would like to hear from you as well. Has social media helped you understand the issues faced by people with disabilities better? Do you have some accounts or platforms that you'd like to share? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Aisha Roos, a person with disability living with spinal muscular atrophy. Aisha, thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope you can hear me well enough. I can, I can. Thank you. Um, awesome. So have you seen the videos that were posted? What did you make of them? I, I have. I didn't know anything about this until just yesterday, actually, when um, I was told about this. I was kind of taken aback. Um, mm. Read through the article, watched the thing. And, and the conclusion that I came up with is that a lot of people don't think disabled people can have internalized ableism, and it shows. Right. So there has been a lot of backlash to the video, uh, but some people have been praising the content as well. What do you make of uh, the responses overall? Okay, to be honest, I'm not surprised by the common person's reaction and reception to this. Um, We generally, as a human species, have been inundated with years upon years of slapstick comedy. And now, given our proclivity to short form content that tickles our brain, even shorter slapstick content has manifested and with with the whole music telling us how to feel about this i people like this stuff because they don't have to do the thinking it's what 30 seconds of content one minute at the most they they just watch it and scroll they just keep scrolling so that's exactly it, right? Because when it comes to content on social media in general, there does tend to be, uh, alongside the brevity that you just talked about, uh, there is this focus on being fresh or being different. Um, and in fact, the Paralympic Committee spokesperson, when responding to the criticism, said that they are accumulating followers because they are by being edgy with their content or being unique with their content. What are some guidelines to keep in mind when producing content for social media, particularly when it comes to people with disabilities? Um, I'm going to sort of have a conversation about edgy content first before I go into Absolutely. the whole guidelines thing. I mean, we've we've been doing edgy content forever. It's not a new phenomenon. We've been since since we could communicate. Heck, 
even me, since I could communicate, I think my first edgy content to my parents was the word no. <laughs> and then I went to do the dumb thing anyway. <laughs> we've got we've got mountains of examples in the arts as well that feature ed- edgy content, quote unquote. And we have this term for commentators doing it and they're called shop jocks. So this is not surprising. This is not new. This is just another way to get eyes on the social media and on onto content. And personally, I feel kind of slighted by it. Again, I'm I'm coming at it as a person who wants people to understand that people with disabilities, so OKU community, um, the PWD community are not monoliths. Everybody has their own thing going on. Everybody has their own challenges, just like everybody else on this planet. But but to also consider when coming up with these kind of contents, you cannot you you cannot create content that promotes a following of unsavory individuals who are looking to use this kind of content as a way to excuse their behavior. I, I don't know if if that's understandable. <laughs> no, um, it is. Um, to play devil's advocate to that point, though, one mm-hmm. might argue, though, that being cheeky or being fun or, or bringing a, a sense of irreverence to something um, can bring a lot of attention to a cause. And in this case, the challenges and struggles of athletes with disabilities. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's let's let's think of it in the position of a stand-up comedian. You have stand-up comedians who have disabilities. You have um, people like Josh Blue and uh, another comedian that I can't remember the name of. They punch themselves. Um, and they can do that because they're calling to attention the specific disabilities that they have. I cannot make an allusion to what disability they have. I cannot make fun of them because my disability is different. Mm. So I am not in a position to sort of have a conversation, a cheeky conversation about um, people with sight difficulties or um, I... I can't make like deaf jokes because that's not who I am. And also considering what kind of information are you trying to bring to whoever you're delivering this to? Like, why are you showing them this? What What is the purpose? If it's just, hey, look at me, this is funny. That's what people are going to think of when uh, when they now approach people with disabilities. Like if it's just the the bicycle guy with just left and left and left, they're, they're going to think of that. And it's it's a comic to them because they're so far removed from the situation. It's not real. Mm. So exactly what is the nuance of this content and why is the most important thing we have to think about as content producers. So I'm glad you brought up the uh, the multiple uh actually really the incredible diversity of experiences within this monolith that we uh, quite conveniently tend to use PWD, right? Um, And it is something that, uh, to be honest, even we struggle with whenever we do stories like these, uh, because it is impossible for one person to be able to speak for all of those different experiences. So now when it comes to something like social media, particularly when the the beginning goal is advocacy, how can they um, represent or or advocate for multiple experiences without uh, actually falling into exactly the pitfall that you described, which is you end up speaking for someone else? Mm -hmm. Um, There is a phrase, I think, um, it it was first invoked 
by the South African disability rights movement in the 1990s. It's nothing about us without us. Right. Mm. And I think that's a very important phrase to sort of bring up in any situations. I've been in um, offices and uh, meetings where they're they're just talking about disability issues without consulting the right people who actually have these lived experiences. So is social media helpful when it comes to advocacy for people with disabilities and for platforming their issues? There are some very effective disability advocacy, um, particularly on Twitter. I don't know about anywhere else um, because Twitter actually opens up uh, a bigger platform for communication. That is my personal opinion. Let's not go into the other stuff that's happening on that particular platform at the moment. Um, Just it. It works if people are being respectful. And I don't think short form content that lasts 15 to 30 seconds is good enough for that because there's only so much you can deliver to an audience who is already not paying attention. When you're talking about advocacy in general, the audience unfortunately has to want to pay attention. You can't just jump into it and say, hey, look at this funny thing. By the way, did you know that people with disabilities, blah, 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 they're, they're going to get put off real quick. <laughs> so actually, the, that really is it that one big limitation of social media tends to be that it can lack context, it can lack mm-hmm. nuance. Um, so as consumers of the content, what can we do to educate ourselves beyond just that one post or one video that we might see? Um, I, I hazard to label everybody with the same kind of attention that I have or that other persons might have. But if you come across a content that evokes strong emotions, First, you have to question yourself. Why do you feel those strong emotions? Is it negative or is it positive? And then find out more about this. There's a reason why we as people zoom into specific um, instances, specific activities and specific videos is because we feel for them. But I need a lot of people to understand where the feelings come from. Is it empathy or are we just... um, you know, following along with a poop posting. Consider there, your emotions. <laughs> are there platforms or content uh, you've seen that do advocate well for uh, for causes? And uh, if you'd like to share some of them. Um, I can think of one person. She's an American person with disability. Uh, I can't remember her full name. It's Imani Barbarin, I think. I'm going to have to fact check that. Um, The other one is local local advocacy groups for uh, mental health, Kamisioman. There's another one which is just a general advocacy space for people with disabilities uh, called Bole Space. And then I think this, if I remember another one, I'll let you know. But these are the three that I love keeping uh, a strict follow with. Because they they do fun content, they do uh, react content sometimes, but they're also incredibly, incredibly uh, nuanced and um, full of information. But somehow they have perfected it in a way where you're consuming bite-sized stuff, but it's good. It's nourishing. What would you like to leave us with, Aisha? Uh, I guess, I guess um, again, remember... People with disabilities are not a monolith. You have to respect our differences just as you respect everybody else. 
um, nothing about us without us. And finally, yeah, consume whatever you want. Like if you if you find that you're offended about something, find out why. Read a lot. I think that's it. I think that's great advice. Thank you for speaking with us today, Aisha. No worries. Thanks for having me. That was Aisha Roos, a person with disability living with spinal muscular atrophy, uh, weighing in on um, this backlash that the Paralympics TikTok account has been getting for posting videos of para-athletes, um, essentially in a in a what people are calling a disrespectful manner, um, almost borderline mocking them. Um, and so we've been just trying to unpack that and what it means for social media to platform people with disabilities. We would like to hear from you. Has social media helped you understand the issues faced by people with disabilities better? Do you have some accounts or platforms you'd like to share? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.